Crank up that diesel. Um, um, um. Let's go diesel. Um. think yesterday man can i start i think that uh these games are meaningless and the results don't matter like on some whose line is it anyway shit like yeah you could take things from these games but for the most part i feel like they're just trying shit like it's a new year there's new personnel to a degree right like i think they're just trying shit out man like i'm not gonna make a big deal out of anything that happens on august 21st i'm glad you mentioned that part about the train shit because i'm always gonna go back to twitter and the fan base how they're just oh my god we're about to suck this year like mm -hmm. i used to these games don't mean nothing and like paul just said they're clearly trying out stuff they have a new quarterback they're trying to see what he what he's good with what he's not good with what he needs to work on so on and so on they're pulling players off the street like we had a guard yesterday i don't even know the brother's name but i think hmm. he actually played well yeah. <laughs> if we if we keep it in a buck, like it's a lot of mixing and matching going on, and this shit don't count, bro. Like, yeah, could they play better? I'm sh of course they could have, but I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh my god, the season's over because on August 21st, August 20th, my team got ran through by the Chiefs and didn't show anything. But I, I'm not. At, I'm, we can't be at that point just yet, man. Now I do want to clarify. There's some things that they're doing that we're doing last year. They're doing in 2020 that are, are alarming, namely the third down defense is still looking shaky. That's- Maga Jack and crew? Maga Jack and crew? Well, hold on, but yesterday, was that shaky third down defense? No, that was, was Mahomes that, being Mahomes. Fucking, no. Was that a fucking all time great looking like it was fucking October out here? It looked yeah. like October for him. Right, but they also were getting diced up by Baker Mayfield week before. No, so that's being, fair. Just being, being fair, just being fair. Well, that's fair, that's fair. I think- my thing with the preseason is every year we got people out here saying they don't watch preseason or that preseason doesn't matter. Then, because this is what people do with it, the good things you see, you ignore because you say, well, it's just preseason. Then the bad things you see, you say they're, they're causes for concern. When the truth is, you know, be going into the season, especially for fantasy, I'm reading, I read the beat reporters for all the teams. Every team got concerns, man. Every single one, even they, the Super Bowl champs. Up in arms in Dallas because all their penalties their first game, like that even mattered. You know what I mean? But they, the thing, like you said, and even when you're like, they might be trying things out. I think the thing about the preseason is you don't know what these teams' approaches, like what they're trying to look at. Are they trying to get a, a feel for different looks? The third down defense, sure, it's concerning, but I'm supposed to be concerned about preseason third down defense. Right. right. They're not really game planning for this stuff right now, man. Like, like we've all said, they're trying out stuff. It could be a third and long business. Maybe Maggie Jack's like, well, let me try this cover. Let me try that cover. Let me try this scheme. Let me try this stuff. Like, we don't know. So it, it, this is the time where you do that. So I don't, all the uproar and complaints, people just need to settle down. But, you know, my question is, so what if they were playing well? What would people be saying? They would be saying, well, it's preseason. doesn't matter. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh -huh. I feel like the general conversation about this team at all times 
right? And it's not to say that there's been reason to even be positive. Everything is negative, right? So it doesn't really matter. Like I've seen the, the clip of Santana where he's like, we've been talking about the same, like it's been the same kind of same conversations every preseason. But that's because for most of the teams in the league, it's the same conversations every preseason. Do we have enough depth? Oh, we're thin at this position. What are our biggest weaknesses? I think that's for everybody. Uh-huh. It's not until week one that you know shit. Period. Yeah. You don't, especially for a team that's probably like a like on, on paper, probably like an eight, nine win team. Of course, there are things that you're like, wow, that's a concern area. I'm gonna tell you right now, we're not facing Patrick Mahomes every goddamn week. We can say, well, Baker cooked him the first preseason game of the year. Did you see the the plays Mahomes was making? He was the only one that would have made those plays. Those would have been punched. across his body and shit, bro. Like, it's just – Mahomes is ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Yeah, right. Like, yesterday on that third down, on that second drive, on a third and long, I think it was after the um, uh, William Jackson pass interference, they're blitzing St. Juice off the edge. Like, motherfucker, do you think they're blitzing Mahomes in the regular season on a third and long? Like, nobody's crazy enough to do that. They're just trying shit out. Right. I also thought Will Jack had good coverage on that. I mean, I know it was preseason, but that was pretty damn good coverage. I didn't think he uh, should have been flagged for that. But it doesn't yeah. count, though. I thought the coverage was tight. That was like a 50-50 call. But like, yeah. Call that shit. Do you think that we're going to see any starters next week? Should we Should we see the starters? Yes. Will we? Probably not. Here's I think they need some more work. Honestly, they need work. But I agree with you on that, Corey. Yes, they do, they do need more work. The way the offense left the field yesterday kind of left a sour taste in my mouth, and I'd love to see Definitely. them more reps in. But imagine they go out next week and do the same thing. Then you're going to be even more like, this is not looking good. You know, maybe. Maybe they need more work. Maybe they need to just kind of just roll into September 11th and, and just kind of work on the shit in, in privacy between now and then. So I, I don't know. I don't know. My, my only concern, fellas, is – this team has started off slow, back-to-back years of Riverboat. They cannot afford to do that again. Like, obviously no team can truly afford it, but this team specifically with, the you know, everything that's come with the name change, brand, and now the on-field product because the games are coming, they cannot afford to start out slow with the way this schedule is set up. So that's why I say it doesn't hurt to put the offense out there. Shit, it doesn't even hurt to put the defense out there for another series or two next week just to get them some repetition. And Paul, you said they might not look good. Well, that's what the reps is for. If they might not look good, they probably will expose themselves and they get more shit to work on in practice before you get to week one. So I don't think it would hurt to put them out there, honestly. And I, I wouldn't be scared of the injury situation. This is football. People get injured. Like this team needs reps. It's a lot of new pieces. I think they need to be out there, but they probably well, won't be. I'm glad you said that. I was just about to bring up the injury situation because they've been lucky enough to not be getting banged up in these preseason games. Yes, they have some issues elsewhere in practice, namely in the interior of the offensive line. They have a bunch of guys out. And I think that J.P. Finley mentioned yesterday that he wouldn't even be surprised if Norwell and or Turner were out week one, which is concerning for sure. But you've gotten out of these games unscathed, right? Well, like, what does he like, mean he won't be surprised if they're out week What are their injuries that he's saying that? Yeah, we haven't heard that, though. Well, they ain't, I mean, they Trey that. Turner got a quad, right? Well, yeah, Trey but, Turner hasn't even dressed for practice yet. So right. let's keep it above. But Trey Turner, old vet, man. He is, no doubt. Like, uh, we sure we want his old ass out there blocking. 
on week one without even a practice a practice rep. Yeah, because that, dog, that's what the vets are able to do. The vets, I'm not there. Like there's things all over the league where the vets don't put, do shit. That's what we were saying about Donald Penn, slow ass too, when he was getting beat around the corner a couple years ago. I feel you. He a vet. I feel you. He he knows the scheme. He's been with them. I get it. But it's one thing to just walk right out there week one and be like, all right, come block this Jags line. They got some young dogs up front. I, mean, like, I would think he'd want to get a couple of reps, but. Cornelius Lucas walked out there, son, on, uh, what was that, yesterday? Having barely, I'm just saying, I think, I think based on, we haven't heard anything from the team that would lead us to believe those players are going to be out week one. Right? No. Just Finley using conjecture and, and putting his two cents on the injury situation. I mean, he didn't say for sure they're going to be out, but when Finley says something, I tend to like, He's he's one of the more inside members of the, of the media clique. So when he says he thinks they might be out, maybe he knows more than he's letting on. Like, he, hey, these motherfuckers are really banged up. Don't expect to see them. I, I, hear don't you. Know. I think the one thing we do know that we should have, we've now realized over the last couple of years is the people around here do not know what's going on inside. No, <laughs> well, that's no disrespect to them. I, think I love that shit, though. Yeah. Top of the team. But I don't, I don't feel like they always have a good sense of the team now i could be wrong but i think vets get held out of practice a lot we, i'm not going to think about the week like who's playing week one so we see the week one injury report i hear you on that all right well let's talk about um now that we're two weeks into the preseason right you may not see the starters again we don't know that we probably won't know that till ron talks later on this week um but we've kind of gathered a few things about the lineup and um, the people we're going to see. So let's do a little stock up, stock down on the people that we've seen so far. Make sense? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, let's start with offense, and then we'll just work our way through the defense um, afterwards. Um, let's start with Carson Wentz. Um, let me start by saying um, with him, he showed some things that I've expected to see. So I would say there's not really a stock up or stock down with him. Uh, he has gone downfield a couple of times, something I really wanted him to see. He hasn't really completed any deep shots yet, but he's at least taking them, which is encouraging. Uh, you also see a few of the bad things. He had a bad miss yesterday to Gibson on a second down. He took a bad stack when he held the ball too late on his last play. So with him, you're getting what you're getting. I don't think that he's any different than the Carson once I thought we would see. And uh, yeah, what do you guys think about him? I mean, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, he hasn't really stood out or done anything too flashy or done anything in a negative manner so far. Um, but I do know he's a step up from where we were last year. So I'm always going to say, compared to Heineke, his stock is up for me, but I feel you, Paul. He's, he's, he's been steady. Like we said, I, I don't know what they really have. They've really been trying to take too many shots downfield. We've seen it. A couple here and there. I actually like to play the Curtis Samuel down the sideline yesterday. That was actually interesting from Scott Turner. Um, and just having the ability, you know, just having a quarter, quarterback that has that skill set to actually take them shots downfield. Like I'm, 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 I'm optimistic on Wentz. Um, I don't want to gas it up too much, but I, I, I'm, I'm staying medium if that's a good way to put it. You're staying medium. That's perfect. I think that we're all cautiously optimistic on Wentz. We all know what he can do, good and bad, right? I think that most mm -hmm. of us would take that in comparison to what we've had here in years past. 
Facts. Um, stock up. Because, it. I mean, he looks to be further ahead. If they were like, well, he's not picking up the offense, I would be concerned. Right. I haven't really heard any of that. It's hard. It's that's what I, when I come when it comes to like the preseason games, it's hard to like. It's because we know it's not real. Mm-hmm. If he was cooking, people would be worried. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's clear is that he that our offense is going to look very different with him. It's yep. going to look different. Just, you know what I'm saying? Take the good with the bad. But the thing is, the thing with Carson is always, I feel like people like it, it's sort of weird that he's on this team right because there's some <laughs> similarities people seem to only want to talk about him when he does something that they can shit on him. right so week one when he hit me he played okay but he made a couple good plays right no one said a word about him yesterday he takes a bad sack everybody's talking about him. oh yeah right <laughs> it just seems to be <laughs> I don't know whether it's because he went to a small school or whatever. Like, we got people out here asking during the game, Heineke or Wentz. It's like, did you watch these? Like, have you seen them both play? How could someone watch those two people play and think that it's actually a conversation? Hmm. Wild. Wild. I'm going to say stock up for now. Because at this time last year, we were being told Fitz was not picking up the offense. Ryan Fitzpatrick was a 20-year, damn near 20-year vet. And he was struggling to pick up a offense that Scott Turner put together for him. Carson at least has shown that he knows what he's doing out there. And I'm sure that they'll do more with the offense uh, come week one. I, I think there's a lot of things you can do with a Carson Wentz type player and with the weapons they've been put around, putting around him. So we'll see. Let's move on to running backs. And I think there's a lot of uh, opinions on the running back room right now. I think it's obvious to say at this point, stock down way down for an Antonio Gibson type who was going into the season with a little bit of a, we don't know about him, but you know, he's lost weight. He's refocused himself. Let's see what he can do, you know, in a, in a new season with a new attitude. And um, since the beginning of last week, uh, (laughs) I think opinions have changed on him on the other side of the coin stock way up for a Brian Robinson who has not been flashy, but has done exactly what you think that he would do. He's going to take what's blocked. He has great power. He has great balance. And for this offense, I think that people are just over the inefficiency that Gibson has been putting together, plus the fumbling issue is obviously um, still concerning. Let me – I got to say something about that Gibson situation. Like, is it really a stock down if – now – Put the fumbles to a side. Obviously, we know we, we, we know why we're here. But what we saw yesterday, they put him in a situation to return kicks. They lined him out wide and wide receiver. He still had some carries out the backfield. He called a pass out of the backfield. Caught a couple. If, if anything, would this also not be a stock up because he's also being put in a situation where he's going to be able to succeed more because we wanted to see him more in the open field? I'm glad you said that. And I was going to say this, and I didn't say it. How about the stock up for Antonio Gibson, the weapon, stock down for Antonio Gibson, the running back? If you if we can separate the two, sure. I'm with that. Because, honestly, I think it's stock up for B-Rob and stock up for Antonio Gibson. Clearly, Brian Robinson, we know who this brother is. He's a pure running back. The brother is literally getting skinny when he's going through the hole. Like, <laughs> real deal. 
RB1, it is what it is. But like I've been telling y'all, and I, what the fan base needs to understand, Antonio Gibson is a weapon. He's a playmaker. Can he run between the tackles? Clearly not, because he can't hold on to the ball going, going down to the ground. He can't do it. It is what it is. He also so, turned 10-yard gains into, into carries of minus two. Like, it's blocked up front, and he's just not absolutely. bouncing too much. I, you know, I, I can't put the fumbles to the side. The fumbles are a big issue. Even if you didn't fumble, you're just not efficient enough as a runner to keep, you know, you getting 20 carries a game. No. And that's okay. And that's fine. Right. But now turn that 20 to 25 carries into 15 to 20 touches, and that'd be out the backfield, out wide, kickoff return. Like, there's a way where Antonio Gibson will, can still make a serious impact on his offense. And I don't know. I, I, I think his stock, his stock will be up more. Um, like you said, maybe not as a running back, but as an overall weapon for this offense, I think Scott Turner's going to line his ass up everywhere and use it. So. Well, let's just, let's just give him the chance right now to prove he can still be a weapon in space. Something that we've been crying for for two years now. Like, hey, let's give mm-hmm. this guy the ball with a one-on-one matchup and see what he can do. Facts. Now, I'm with you on that, Corey, about him becoming a, him becoming a weapon that makes the team more dynamic. Mm-hmm. I felt like the way the, someone like Gibson was drafted and then made essentially made less dynamic by putting him in the role that he was put in. Mm-hmm. When he was he was someone who was dangerous all over the field in college. So to draft him and turn him into like a full time between the tackles running back, we bar- they barely even threw him the ball the last couple yep. of years, right? Mm-hmm. So to put them in a more dynamic role, it just gives you another person who, when they're in motion, the defense has got to respect it. <laughs> it could be a scenario where they got Gibson out wide. You can have McKissick and B. Rob in the backfield. Like, there's so much that they could do because, like, I mean, we have so many weapons, and Scott just got to scheme that shit up. And it's going to allow Carson, like, you know, you can. it's okay, Carson, to dump it off underneath to your running backs because we got playmakers out the backfield. Um, yeah. And, yeah, man, like, to see Gibson in space yesterday, I was excited because I was worried. Like, y'all know I'm a big Gibson fan. And I was concerned that brother's gonna put that ball on the ground again. Um, but to <laughs> see him on the kick on the kick return, line up our wide receiver. I know Carson missed him on one pass, but like that's what he can do. He's the problem, he's a mismatch problem for these LBs and these safeties, bro. So I think play like, it's it's gonna be something to see him lined up outside. Um, and I'm interested to see how Scott Turner uses him. <laughs> I'll, and that when you when you bring up Scott Turner, that goes back to the whole thing about this being preseason. Mm-hmm. That team with its full weapons out there, we don't know what that offense is going to look like. We really don't. Mm-hmm. We've never seen it, right? So, don't be surprised if when Week One starts, the offense looks in a lot of ways different than what we've seen here. Yeah. That's exciting, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm, trying not, I'm trying not to get too giddy about it because I know my team lets us down all the time. But it, we got some speed on that offensive side of the ball, man. Um, I know we, he hasn't shown much yet, but, like, <laughs> there's a lot of playmakers on that field, man. Absolutely. I mean, they have a kind of an embarrassment of riches at running back when you think about guys who are um, multi-talented. I mean, you have mm-hmm. a J.D. McKissick, you have an Antonio Gibson. And, uh, you know, I'll even throw Curtis Samuel into that little group. You know, he's not a mm-hmm. running back by trade, but he can play running back and he can do some of the same things. So you have some guys back there who are multi-talented. They can do a lot of different things. Uh, I know there's only one football to go around, but if Scott Turner can figure that out and Carson Wentz can kind of uh, uh, get the ball spread around, 
to a few different guys, scheme up something positive, then I think that you can make good things happen for the offense. Let's move on to the wide receivers. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and give them a big stock up all around. Uh, Terry continues to be Terry. He had a nice uh, sliding grab yesterday on a dig for about 20 yards. Johan Dotson. Terry doing Terry things, man. Terry doing Terry things. Terry doing Terry things. (laughs) Of course, man. Hey, that's that dog. He got that dog in him. But you already knew that. Johan Dotson Mm -hmm. probably had his first catch yesterday. Uh, A little bit what he can do after the catch. Kurt Samuel. Listen, you know we're gonna call him Curtis. He's been healthy two straight games. <laughs> no more Kurt, Cliff. <laughs> Every time Kurt on the field, he got hit. I hold my breath. But not only out there catching balls, he out here blocking on them screenplay, like really uh-huh. block, blocking, blocking, blocking. Dax Mill had a nice catch, a really nice catch from uh, Sam Howell last down near the goal line. Cam Sims, all he does is make spectacular catches. Every time I see Cam Sims, he's doing something positive. Diami, uh. He's been getting set up by Heineke. <laughs> he's been getting set up a couple times. He's getting blasted. Heineke gave him them hospital balls, but he's actually getting a lot of targets. I think he leads the team in targets for the preseason, so I'm glad to see him actually be out there and getting a little taste. Uh, I mean, even somebody like Alex Erickson, um, I don't know if he's going to make this team, but he has been flashing here and there. So the wide receivers as a group, you, you, you hear about the playmaking ability and you know that they can do some things. I'm glad to see they're out there actually putting on display what they can do. Yeah, this is yeah, the best man. different group we've had in a minute. I think the only thing they don't have, and, and Kansas brings that, is the size. Mm-hmm. That Dotson looks like he's going to be nice. You can just tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's always open, man. <laughs> like, Curtis, I don't want to sit here and size it, but he's I'm always gonna, open. Like. I'm going to call him Curtis. Curtis is out here. <laughs> right? Terry's Terry. I think Cam Sims is going to be a red zone factor, especially early in the year. Mm-hmm. Especially early in the year. It's a good group. Good. When when that team has got everyone out there, that's including the, the tight end group, which we're going to get to. We haven't seen them at all. Yep. With that team with the tight ends out there, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough to stop, man. I mean, y'all said everything with the wide receivers, man. I, the only thing I'll add on Cam Sims, like, I'm I'm just more and more impressed by Cam Sims every time I see him. Like, obviously, he doesn't have the flash or maybe the ability of like a Terry or a Curtis or a Jahan with him. But Cam Sims, like Paul said, every time he's on the field, he just makes plays. He catches the ball. I mean, Heineke literally set him up, got his brain smashed in, ran off the field, came back on after play, and scored a quick touchdown. Like, <laughs> Cam Sims just makes plays, man. So I'm hoping he gets more opportunities with Wentz. And we know Wentz likes big targets. So I'm excited about Cam Sims. With this group too, so stock up for everybody. Completely set that man up. Did he ever? He does it every <laughs> time, man. Every single time. Oh, he said, "Fuck it, can down there somewhere. Just put that ball out." Man got his head crushed in, but I'm glad he bounced back. Came on the mm-hmm. field, made a good catch. We've been having this conversation about Cam Sims for a long time now. He needs to play more, and I think uh, you know we kind of moved past that point in his career. I think he is what it is at this point. He's a solid number four, number five receiver, but whenever he's on the field, he makes plays. You know, I want somebody like that on my team that when called upon, you're ready to go no matter what. All right, let's move on to the tight ends. And uh, this is going to be a little bit difficult because of all the injuries. Um, You know, it's easy to stay stocked down because of, you know, you haven't seen much of them, but I'm encouraged what I've seen from Amarni Rogers. Uh, He, um, had four straight targets in the week one preseason game. Uh, 
showed a little bit of comfortability with Carson Wentz. Yesterday, he was a little bit more quiet, but um, the reports from camp is that he has great hands, great athleticism. You kind of knew that as a former quarterback and a former wide receiver. Thomas and Bates and Turner are out. He might be your, not starter, but he might be like in heavy rotation come week one, week two. Um, I like the group. They're so banged up now, you can't really make a judgment on them. So, I don't know, incomplete. I didn't say incomplete as an option, but an incomplete judgment on them at this point. We know they have the potential. Obviously, when Logan gets back, we know what it is. I just wish we could have seen Cole Turner. I know there's a chance um, Riverboat mentioned he might play next week. That would be exciting just to see him get a couple plays. But Rodgers, he had a quiet day, Paul. But like you mentioned, he was in there blocking his ass off, man. So uh-huh. that's that's a good thing to see. Like you said, especially if Bates is not going to be healthy. We don't know his situation, but you always need another blocking tight end. So he showed me more. Even though he didn't catch pass, many passes yesterday, he was in there blocking his ass off. So I'm giving props to him for sure. Right. I mean, that first game, that first preseason game, you know, you know, Wentz loves tight ends. You know, bubble screen took mm-hmm. Kirk Samuels the first play. Then his next four passes, Rodgers, 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 four straight completions. And I'm like, man, like, he really got a comfort level with his quarterback already. And playing tight end for the first time in his life, it's like, wow, this man really, really taken to us like a duck towards the water. Like, he really, you know, has kind of acclimated to this position quickly. And that's positive. That's a positive thing to see. Yeah, now he looks like he's, he has potential to be a contributor at some point. And the good thing is usually, and this is the thing about this team over the years that makes, to me, makes this team, at least on paper, a little different. Usually we would have had to rely on a guy like him, like year one. Yep. More than likely. <laughs> Facts, Cliff. <laughs> end, mm-hmm. Right? Like he's not, he's probably not going to see the field unless there are other injuries out there. So this person actually gets to develop in the way that guys like that are supposed to get a chance to develop. Uh-huh. True. Very true. Um, again, I like this group. Logan, still a dog. John Bates, uh, if, if you listen to the reports, is one of the best blocking tight ends in the league already. Um, Logan Paulson had said that, and I trust Logan Paulson's opinion. Um, he seems to kind of get it, especially with tight ends. So I trust his opinion on on that. Cole Turner, uh, you know, he's been hurt for a while now, and I'm, I'm concerned about his long-term um, health. And when I say long term, I mean like into the season, like September, October, because he's been nicked up with a with his hamstring, right? Yeah. Like but like this group, just taking a three thousand foot view of them, I'm like, I like them together. Those four, and I'll you know I'll throw Curtis Hodges in there as the fifth. He's probably like a a, a lesser of a Amari Rogers at this point. Athletic can do a lot of things. Probably is like your fifth tight end. You might be like in the practice squad. We'll see. Um, but that group, those four, I like him a lot. Even the other guy we had out there, it, correct me if I'm wrong, his name is Eli Wolf. Eli Wolf. Yeah, yeah. 46. He, he old nice catch yesterday. Yeah. Out, out there looking like Jay Novacek. He had a nice, <laughs> nice catch yesterday, too. So, hey, we got a little group going on with Castillo. So, I'm intrigued by it. Right. I just I, I like the, the vers- versatility they offer. Logan is your do-it-all guy. Bates is your blocker. Cole Turner is your, like, a uh, big, long, rangy um, receiving tight end. He's not going to block the soul, but, you know, as a receiving threat, he's going to do a lot of things for you. And Rodgers, I mean, who knows? I mean, he's super athletic. He might end up being, like, the most talented of the bunch. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Let's move to the O-line. And, you know, in the same vein as the tight ends, they're so banged up. 
you can't make a judgment on them. But I will say this. Um, as long as John Matsko is there, stock up. Stock up for Matsko, man. <laughs> no, way up for Matsko, man. He out here making chicken salad in the, out of chicken shit, for real. Because, <laughs> like you said, that right guard, somebody who just showed up <laughs> last week, I don't even know his name. I mean, forgive me, I don't know the dude's name. Uh, the Lions holding up. The run game was looking good. Wentz is staying relatively clean, you know, when he's not holding on to the ball. I just, I just like him. I like the group. And when, like I said, when John Matsko's calling the shots and, and kind of pulling the strings, I trust anybody they put out there. That guard's name is Aaron Montero. Where do you go to school? Boston College. Hmm. Yeah. Six, that? seven, three, twenty. Nah, I just looked him up. I'm about to say, you were really into this shit. <laughs> and we went to Boston College. I was like, boy, boy go outside and touch some grass, my nigga. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, but no, nah, real talk, man. I'm glad we on the O-line because give a shout out to my man, Sadiq. I'm just glad he finally showed up. He was out there mauling guys. He was pulling. He had the one screw up where he got Heineke killed that, on that um, rough of the passer call. He completely whipped on that. But I was excited to see Sadiq Charles step up like that. And kind of like we mentioned earlier, there may, be, there may be a situation where we might need him early on, depending on the health of the Norwells and the Turners. Um, Chris Paul, a, another solid week for our seventh-round pick. Like, he's looking like he could be something. Um, Cosme played well. I was happy to see Ruye come off the field healthy. Obviously, it's good to see him back. Um, like Cliff mentioned, Cornelius Lucas just got back. Didn't even hear his name one time. We know how Lucas has been solid for us. So, yeah, Paul, <laughs> stock up for Matsko, man. Like, it's – I don't even know what else you could say because it's just – we all – we're always all so concerned about the O-line, but no matter what, he puts five out there and they get the job done. So, uh-huh. big up this, to Matsko. This don't got nothing to do with yesterday – or with the overall O-line, I should say, but Chase really said they went to a silent count early in the game because the crowd was too loud at a preseason game. I'm like, where the fuck did they do that at? Y'all can't Arrowhead. Just, y'all different, different. Yeah, we got to put that on our bucket list, Arrowhead. Oh, yeah, next time they go to Arrowhead, we got to go out there. Um, As long as they're not uh, doing the uh, super racist shit in the parking lot, but we'll, we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> Look, ever since Masco's been here, it hasn't really I can't think of too many linemen that stepped on the field and looked at like looked terrible. Straight up, Cliff. Right. You remember how it used to be when we put like a Stefan higher in? Ari Kunjo. Who was his name? Kunjo? Kwanjo? Yeah, Kwanjo, yeah. Like we would put guys in and they just didn't look ready. Just like the way it looked. It'd be interesting what we what he would be like if. What would Jerron Christian be like if he had had Masco from day one? Yeah. I know Cosby did have – that was a bad false start. That was him with the false start, wasn't it? If everybody's healthy, I'm totally fine with the group we have plus the depth. Um, Schweitzer is a really good swing interior lineman. We know that Lucas is a good swing tackle. Um, if there are injuries, you know, we can always lean on these guys. Uh, even somebody like, like Tadeek Charles or – a Chris Paul, maybe if he's ready to roll week one, he can step in and, and play a few snaps. Um, I'm not concerned yet. It's, you know, let's just kind of uh, see where we are in a few weeks with the health. And um, hopefully people are, you know, on the mend. I'll freak out, you know, later in the season if the injuries start piling up again and our depth is tested once again. But for now, it's 
it, it's a good group led by a good coach, a really good coach. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Defense. Uh, I, I have a feeling that we're not going to be as kind to the defense uh, or maybe I'm, I'm doing too much. Uh, let's just give an overview of what, what we think about the defense so far. Uh, I mentioned this in the opener. Uh, some of the same issues that we've seen third, uh, the third down defense hasn't been good. Uh, they've been trying some things. Uh, maybe they're just trying things at this point, but um, it's natural to worry considering this has been a reoccurring thing under Jack Del Rio the past couple of years, the third down defense. But I think, you know, in typical Washington fashion, the defense comes around towards the end of the season. I would hate it if they blew some games earlier in the season because defense was still doing the same dumbass mistakes, but I'm being ahead of myself. What do you guys think uh, what you've seen from this group so far? The third down defense wasn't bad his first year. It was bad last year. Maybe not. I feel like it was bad just like the beginning. Like top, they were like top 10 third down defense. Yeah, 2020 was solid. Yeah, 2020, that third down defense was really good. They weren't bad in the first couple games when they had that one and five start in the beginning of 2020. I mean, I believe you. I believe you that they were good. I just, maybe I'm remembering it differently. Um, what am I supposed to think about a defense in a preseason game? Like, they, didn't game, they don't game plan for these teams. Like, so what, what am I supposed to do? Mahomes is out here fucking throwing crossbody passes. Who else is making that Kelsey play? <laughs> like for real, like what other quarterback? Back, so of course back, you're back. supposed to be worried. You're like, okay, okay, well, it happened last year. It's happening again, but it's not happening again because this game is real. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things where it's like, let's talk week one. All right, that's I can't be out here concerned about third down defense in a preseason game, man. Nah, I Paul, I feel you on the signs of like, like what you've been saying. Like it's a concern. It, you're concerned about the performance and potentially the third down. Like Cliff just mentioned, though, I, I'm not going to kill them for the dirt third down performance. I'm just more so worried about the scheme that Del Rio is going to be using. I don't want that vanilla ass defense where we're just relying on the front four and you're not mixing up your blitz packages and being a little more exotic as far as bringing pressure to the quarterback. So. Yeah. Like Cliff said, I'm a, I'm a wait till week one. I don't want to kill him too much because this don't count. But there's things that I I, I have on my radar that I would be worried about. Dog, I, I know that we don't like Dan on this podcast or anywhere, and I know Dan's away from the team or quote unquote away from the team. But go ahead and send that like tub of uh, vanilla ice cream to Jack Del Rio, like you did. <laughs> like, hey man, we don't like this vanilla shit around here, bro. Sprinkle a few blitzes in this motherfucker. Like, what do you like? What's going on? <laughs> but like, um, I feel like that, like, it, yeah, like it's just like I don't want to see the same things that weren't working last year. Like you had a mm-hmm, whole exactly. The last thing I want to see week one is us just rushing for or doing the, like the five down linemen and not sending no unique looks. And we do we play off defense on third and short. It's just like that's not working for us. Yeah, try something mm-hmm. new. And I, you know, these are smart men. I I think. I mean, questionable uh, Jack and, and his beliefs, but for the most part, when it comes to football, they're smart. You got to know that you got to switch it up. The things that aren't working, you, you know, the thing about Joe Gibbs that was great is that he didn't make a, adjustments after the game or even a halftime. Play to play, dry to drive, we're switching shit up. I wish mm-hmm. that this coaching staff would have a little bit more of that like urgency when they want to switch it up. 
or you can't afford to go through the first two quarters of the season and say, okay, it's week 11, but let's make an adjustment defensively. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get to it ASAP. Let's not wait till we're one and three, one and four. Like, like you said, Paul, do it in game. Right. I'm not saying we don't know. Obviously, I'm sure they make adjustments in game. I'm not going to kill them. Like, they don't know what they're doing, but let's come on. Come on, Mac and Jack. You're better than what you showed recently. Please. Is it though? You know what? Easy. <laughs> hey, Cliff. You had a great. You said the game might just pass them by. The game might have passed them by. Entirely possible. We know. We know he already want to live in the past as is, based on the dumbass shit he says. So, I think some of that is like that's the dust up. Have you have you adapted your defense to the the modern game? I don't know. I know this. We're gonna find out. I'm not, I can't base it off yesterday. And yeah. it was also fast defense. I thought the run defense looked all right. Yeah. I think the run defense looked really good yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll start with defensive line. Um, for as much criticism as people have thrown at this team, the D-line has looked good. And this is without Chase Young. We know that he's going to be gone for a few weeks. But Montez looks like he's ready to make a big, big step in year four. Um, Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen is the dog of, of this defense like he is the undisputed leader of defense i feel like and he's made his presence felt um you've even gotten a lot of good contributions from like darian mathis your second round pick who might be a fucking monster as, of a run stubber daniel wise is flashing two straight games I, I haven't really seen much from james smith williams as yet i'm but, glad you said that yep yeah i haven't seen much from him but casey two hills has had a few good plays we finally mm-hmm. uh, had a uh chicago uh a chicago a uh Tony. <laughs> Exciting yesterday. Uh, yep. They have pieces and they played well for the most part. So I'm going to give a stock up to D line right now. And you're, you know, you're still waiting for Chase Young to get back. You know, I think that if all things work out well, they could really, really have a good year in 2022. And that last, to your last point, we're still waiting for 9 9 to get back. So, Mr. Game Changer, Mr. Impact the game, like people need to remember that we're missing a major dog up front and yeah he might have had a down year and people want to question with his pass rush and going upfield action and all that well understand he's still a young player and we drafted that fella at number two for a reason and when he gets back i'm expecting a major impact from him so let's not forget we still missing the best player on that defense potentially yeah can't not much else you can say there man defense daniel wise has look has flashed a little bit too for sure yes he has they've had yes. the same they've really had the same group for Couple of years now, which I think is helpful. I think defense lines to have a good year. Deron Payne has to have a good year. It's a big year for him. Mm-hmm. Big year for even FA Obama flashed a couple of times. Like he's he looks like he could be a solid rotation player. So you want to see obviously they've sunk you know all their assets or a lot of assets into that group. You want to see them be dominant. And uh, if these past two games have any uh, indication, then I think that very well may be something that comes to fruition early this season and you know uh the way the back seven is looking right now i mean i think you might need that dominant effort from them um that being said let's move on to the linebackers oh god uh i mean i don't even know if i can give them a stop down because i was so down on them before uh i have seen jamie jamie have a couple of plays uh especially in past coverage he you know he um has shown that he is fluid enough to be out there covering tight ends and some slot receivers. And he he's recognizing things. I like that, but um, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to say about them. Really. They just, they, I didn't know if they'd be good. And 
I'm not convinced they are good after two preseason games. What do you guys think? Um, I hear you on that. I'm not going to be too down on them, but just for the simple fact that we got nothing from Jamin Davis last year, and I think yesterday actually probably was one of his better days because he actually came up, filled a couple gaps, and made some tackles. Um, he's looked a little, be- little bit better in coverage. Uh, obviously, he hasn't stood out like a top LB, but I think there's a progression going on where he's starting to he's starting to recognize some things better, and maybe he's just starting to get more comfortable in his role. So I ain't gonna, I'm not going to kill him too much. Um, but I would say his stock is slightly up. I can give you a little slight, you know what I mean? But I, I, I feel you, Paul. If anything, that's the big, that's the, that's the group that I was mainly concerned about on the defensive side of the ball. So I feel you're concerned, but I think yesterday he had a, a decent day and it's something to build on. Yeah. It was funny yesterday, uh, watching the broadcast, David Mayo had made a tackle. Um, it was a good tackle. It was a good solid tackle and run support. And Doc Walker had like he laughed. He was like, "Hey, ha! Huh? See, David Mayo. See, he can he can at least be good in run support." And I was just like, "So even Doc Walker saying this motherfucker's cheeks and coverage." <laughs> hey, he Doc called it, everybody out. You know that he said the, in the most polite way ever. They probably were like, "All right, Doc. I know you probably want to say some wild shit about David. Let's uh, let's keep it PG thirteen on this motherfucker." Like, just, yeah. <laughs> hey, Doc, call it how you see it. I love that shit. Right. I was, I was on with the boys from Trapper Diet this past week. Shout out to them. And we was talking with the linebackers, and they was talking about how Nate Gary was looking okay and how uh, – I was just like, oh, we can't make excuses for these guys, man. Like, if Nate Gary is seeing the field, we're in trouble. We're in real trouble, man. I know that this is a, a – uh, not as an important of a position as, it, as it's been in years past, linebackers. But we're really hurting there, man. Like, if – God forbid – Cole Holcomb were to go down, then you have even <clears throat> Mayo playing the majority of the snaps next to Jamin Davis. It's just like, man, you have Mr. Unproven next to Mr. Can't Get Right. And it's just like, what, what are you really going to do? Like, you had opportunity to add pieces in the offseason. You didn't. You told us to trust your coaching and trust that these guys were ready. We trusted you. And so far, so far, we haven't really seen uh, any progression. I mean, like I said, Jamin has come along slightly. Slightly. I think it was Michael Phillips that said, if you did a blind taste test, you took the names off the jerseys and you just saw them play next to each other, you couldn't tell which one was the first round pick and which one was the free agent. Talking about Mayo and... and I don't Jamie. believe that. I don't believe I, that. I, I don't <laughs> believe it either, but I mean, I think there's enough truth to it for me to be concerned that he's not coming along fast enough. I had said privately to you guys that if Jamin Davis, if his role is just like you're like pass coverage specialist specialist at linebacker, that's fine. But that's a hell of a swing and a miss on a first round pick if he's just confined to that niche. Like that's that's not good. I mean, sure, but like it is what it is. Right, the pick has been made. If it, whatever way he contributes is the way he contributes. Like if it ends up being a, like we need him to contribute something. Last year he didn't contribute anything. Hmm. We know that's the weakest. We know that's the weakest group on the team. There's not really much mm-hmm. else to say. But here's the here's the thing: linebacker groups across the league are the weakest group on teams right now. Mm-hmm. We are not the only team that is weak at linebacker. I think that's like you part about that conversation that seems to get ignored. There are a lot of teams that have been at linebacker. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think it just more so sucks that we spent our first round pick on a linebacker 
and we're looking like the rest of the league, question mark. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And Cliff, you made this point before. Like, they need to figure out a way to put him in position to just fly around, see ball, get ball. Like, don't have Jamin out there thinking, doing this, do I belong here? Do I, like, the game needs to be simplified for him so where he can use his speed and he can attack. Because he's shown signs of, like, when he could just go fly to the ball or make a blitz, like, He's a fastest shit and he can be a physical player. So put him in position to where he can actually do those things. If you need to take his ass off the field, <laughs> like in coverage or maybe a run situation, like if, if Mayo has to play it down to you know, against the run, so be it. But simplify the game to where Jamie can actually make an impact on the defense because we need him to make an impact. Like you just can't be ass across the board at linebacker. For sure. Yeah. Um, let's move on to, you know, we can talk about the secondary as a whole, um, unless you guys want to do cornerbacks and, and safety separate. We can do a whole. All right. Um, let's, I hate to say it, but I'm going to give a stock down, uh, a pretty significant stock down to the secondary. And I only say that because, well, first you haven't really seen a lot of Benjamin St. Juice. Um, he's been banged up and he finally got back on the field yesterday and he could have given up like a 60 yard touchdown on the first drive. Uh, William Jackson has been okay. He's done a couple good plays. Fuller was getting dogged yesterday early. Um, ah. I feel like they were targeting him on every single play. Like he made a couple good plays, but that was after him, like giving up a few catches early in the game. Like he was getting beat by the backup tight end. I was like, Oh shit. And even Cam Curl, like I think Cam Curl's in line for a huge season. He had a bad game yesterday. Like that's, and I'm not giving them a, a stock down because of yesterday. I'm also worried about the depth. I haven't really seen much from Derek Forrest. I was told that he was going to be a big part of this defense. Percy um, Butler, same thing. Um, I'm just worried about that group in general. Uh, you, you busted a, a couple coverages in that first game versus the Panthers. And I just, I'm just, I wanted to see more out of that group. Maybe I'm making too much out of it. You guys, I think you might be making too much out of it. Because I only say that because we we aren't seeing full games, right? So how are guys going to make plays and only playing a quarter, right? So you're not even going to necessarily even see guys flash in a quarter. Sometimes everybody can't flash. <clears throat> we have not seen the way this defense is is planning to play. I don't think we've seen it yet. Certainly not in the preseason games. Yeah, right. I want to speak to Fuller. Um, Fourthly, he got he got burnt by that tight end, but I thought, I mean, those are some tough plays he made, especially with Mahomes throwing that ball like that. Those couple pass breakups, I thought Fuller had a decent day. Um, obviously, you don't want to see your number one cornerback or number two cornerback getting beat by a tight end, but I thought, I mean, I thought he's played played well so far. Um, like you said, Juice just came back, so it's really hard to really say, and he didn't play too much yesterday outside of potentially almost getting burnt for that pass down the sideline. Um, so obviously we know he needs some work. Derek Forrest, I mean, he's made an impact on special teams, so I'm excited to see that. I don't know what they plan on doing as far as on the back end with McCain and Forrest. I, I kind of thought Forrest might have been better playing at Buffalo Nickel and let Cam play deep with Bobby McCain, but um, it seems like they want Forrest to be back there with McCain. And I, like Cliff said, I guess we haven't really seen too much of it, so we don't really know how they're going to be using him. But Percy Butler. He showed a little physicalness. He hasn't made too many plays, but he outside of that uh, 
personal foul call he got yesterday, but it was exciting oh. to see him fly around a little bit. Motherfucking boneheaded ass penalty. Yeah. I'm like, you flying in there like a, like a whole step late. I'm like, my guy, relax. It was good to see a missile come out of the back end, though. I, I mean, he got something. He got some dog in him, but be a little smarter. Okay, um, I, I hear what you're saying, but we can't be like, oh, this man's hitting the quarterback two steps late. But, oh, he got that dog in him. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I ain't obviously, you know, I ain't trying to see no. <laughs> It was just good to see that he actually had the physicalness that they were talking about. That's all. Um, if anything, I'm more concerned about Danny Johnson. Um, right. I know it's not talked about a lot because, but he's the fourth quarterback. So if an injury happens, his ass is on the field. And these first two weeks of preseason, Paul, I think we could have ran up, gone out that joint and ran routes on this motherfucker because he's getting cooked. Um, I don't know what his issue is. I was actually, I actually like Danny Johnson. I thought he played well when he moved to nickel last year. But so far, he's looked horrible. Well, um, but that's what I'm saying with the depth. Like, there's going to be injuries. No doubt. No, I feel you. I feel you. Injured. If Danny Johnson is forced to play, which is, you know, a near certainty, like, that's a problem if he yeah. doesn't improve his play. You know, I mean, obviously, sure, I've sure. liked Danny Johnson at points in the past, too, but he's looked bad in his first two weeks. But the like, corner is another position across every – I feel like every team in the league right now is like, man, if our fourth corner plays – if our fifth corner play, I just feel like there's certain positions right now that the majority of the league is like, we don't have enough. Mm-hmm. You're just looking at the depth chart, you're like, oh, this guy's going to have to play if someone gets hurt. I feel like that's for a lot of teams. Who the fuck is the Eagles' fourth corner? He's probably, he's probably <laughs> out. He's like, I would love to know the team that has a good fourth corner. I don't think there are many. You better hope that your corners stay healthy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that goes for definitely. a lot of teams. Cause I'm with you on that. I'm fourth corner. That. Think about any team we play any week where we find out the fourth corner got to play. Food. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of Danny Johnsons out there, man. That's just it is what it is when it comes to corner. I, I guess, Cliff, I feel you. I guess more so. I'm a, I'm expecting the injury on our back end. That's why I'm probably a little worried about Danny. Oh yeah, because he's going to go. Yeah. The, the, thing is, the big difference this year is the quarterback list is different. Yeah. When you play the top quarterbacks and they see some nigga named Danny Johnson out there, Rodgers is like, yo, that ball is going to whomever he's covering. I don't care. Same thing for Brady, Mahomes. That's how they all think. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jared Goff thinks that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey Cliff, don't let golf come out this joint and dice us for 325 and 320. <laughs> he has a good career, right? I think he's played well in his career. I wish I ain't a cook Ooh. golf, but you know, I hear people higher on golf than they are on Wentz based on right. that's how I know this is all bullshit. <laughs> I think about it. I'm hearing people more positive about golf than Wentz. Out here trying to talk people into the Lions. Mm-hmm. The Lions won three games last year. I just watching Hard Knocks like, oh, they gonna win eleven games. Like what? <laughs> That's how I know NFL coverage is BS, dog. The niggas won three games last year. They're being talked about like they were a seven-win team last year or something. Niggas won three games. Three. And when didn't they start the season like zero and eleven or some shit? <laughs> it's like the same thing with the Eagles, man. The Eagles were having a bad season till they got to play a bunch of shitty teams. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, all of a sudden, we're hearing about how good the Eagles are. We'll get to that in the prediction podcast, though. <laughs> yep. Can't wait for that one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, lastly, let's do special teams real quick. Um, and we can just kind of like the cornerbacks and the safeties together, kind of just put it all in one pile. Um, the return game has been atrocious. I mean, I understand they're taking shit out from like nine yards deep. Uh, I haven't seen much in uh, much juice in the return game. That could change with Antonio Gibson getting more looks back there. Maybe he needs um, a little bit more time to like get back into that. But if he is going to be the primary return man, I, I like it. I like it. Um, I, I've seen a couple of things with Dax Milne to it returning punts. He had a, a decent return on a punt last week, but um, – Joey Sly missed the extra point. Don't want to see none of that bullshit come September 11th. Uh, I'll give him a, a stock down, but that could change to a stock up very quickly if uh, Gibson gives us a little more juice in the return game. They're talking about Dotson being the punt returner uh, when teams are back. to say that, Cliff. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's a good punt returner in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They damn for sure gonna be Alex Erickson. Tell you that fucking much. Yeah, he's got. I think he should be cut tomorrow. I'll be honest with y'all. Like, I've seen enough. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned he's called a few passes, but I don't give a shit. He ain't here for that. His ass is brought in to return kicks, and he looks fucking horrible. Yo, so we need to go ahead throw that out the window. I'm, I'm done I'm, with that experience. I don't think he's making the team. He slows molasses too. His man is is running in quicksand. Like he had that nice little shimmy on that dude yesterday. And he had open field for miles. And his man's like just like covering the tips of the ball with two hands and running like a fullback. I'm like, yo, run, nigga. We, we, like, pick up your feet, go. Um, yeah. like, he's not long for this roster. I, I, I get it. But, um, yeah. I didn't hear about Dotson returning punts, though. I didn't I didn't hear about yeah. that. Yeah. That he would potentially be uh, returning. Like, if the team was backed up. Bruno just, said, "Not every, not every situation, but like Cliff just mentioned, if that we get a team stop him on like they ten, he's he's coming out there to turn that punt. You know what I mean? Fine, that's fine with me. Yeah. I listen, I would love to get more scores on quick strikes, man. That's why I'm so big on Wentz and this like vertical element of the offense, man. Also, if you could turn a, a short field into an instant touchdown, because Dotson has now returned it forty yards, and now you're in the red zone. Yeah." Mm-hmm. It can be, all day. Mm-hmm. That's how you. That's how you win. That's if you're not the best team in the league. Like special teams is where you can win games, man. Yep. And the good thing about being a downfield passing team is that means there's going to be games where maybe you're down, like a game like yesterday, right? Because we know NFL games. The game starts. Okay, you you get down ten nothing, fourteen nothing. The last couple of years, our team has had to put together drives it was the only way they could get points it had to be 12 play drive 75 yards that should have ate up a ton of clock it's a little different when you can hit a big one for 50 now you're in their red zone now you're getting a touchdown facts right about that definitely right about that um you know what stock up and stock down the uniforms the first time seeing them what do you guys how do you guys feel about the uniforms actually seeing them in like live and living color. Uh, stock up for me on the white on white, stock down on the burgundy pants with the white tops. I think it was I'm so di- yeah, yeah, Paul. I'm with you. My favorite combo has always been the white top burgundy bottom. I just think it was too much burgundy. Like make the socks burgundy or something. You know what I'm saying? Like 
What? That don't just look like a straight tights outfit. I don't know. I just, just, like, there's no stripe on the pants. And I at yeah. first I was like, I like that. And I still do. But you're talking about the burgundy socks with the burgundy pants with a mostly burgundy white jersey. Like there's not a lot of accents on that, you know, not a lot of gold on there with a burgundy helmet with a burgundy face mask. It's like, okay, now it's too much burgundy. Too much or, burgundy. or an away uniform for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel you. I feel you. I mean, I, I still like the jerseys, though. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. I think the Jones is fire, but I like the jerseys. I think they should have added some white socks into that. But obviously, you know, that's you know. Well, <laughs> I don't think you have to have the burgundy socks. I think that's just the standard issue with the pants. But I think you can wear whatever socks you want. You can wear white socks. Yeah. Actually, I can see that looking fire with some white socks and like some white cleats or burgundy cleats or whatever. Cliff, I know you don't give a fuck about this. Y'all, y'all need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, you know in-game fashion. <laughs> I, I hear it. I get this, it. This, this, this is a three-minute fashion segment, Cliff. That's all. I get it. Listen, <laughs> I understand the, the conversation about jerseys. I get it. I just really don't care. It's look, I thought the jerseys that they used to wear. For the most part, the colors just were a little outdated. But I feel you. Now they look like an expansion team. That's fine too. Can yeah. you win some fucking football games? Right. Because you you gonna That's look like cool, shit regardless. If you out here getting <laughs> blown out, nobody gives a damn what you're wearing. Here out here getting oh. back by fifty. Also, don't don't get smacked down Dallas this year, man. Hey, All right now, I will. Dog, imagine if we go down there, they get blown out, man. Cliff, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think it, dog, because we ain't been down that joint. And man, if they do that shit and they look ugly on the field with them all burgundy jerseys, oh, I know my nigga Paul gonna have a fit, but yeah, Listen, I feel hey. you on that. First off, the road trips are more about uh, uh, community than the actual game. Hey, we, but this Dallas, you know that. Road trip, Dallas, dog. This ain't my friend. Yeah. This ain't at Arizona. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. It is Dallas. But, I mean, when, I, when we're in Dallas, for example, last year when we were in Vegas, Corey, right? I mean, we weren't even thinking about the game until we were walking across the bridge to the stadium. Like, oh, yeah, this game. Today. I mean, but that's Vegas. <laughs> right, that is Vegas. I feel like when we go on these road trips, Friday night's a party, Saturday's a party, Saturday, Sunday morning, like, oh, yeah, let's, let's get tickets. <laughs> and you're right, it is Dallas. Don't get blown in Dallas. And yeah, also, but don't, you don't know what our record – you don't even know what our record's going to be, Paul. Mm-hmm. Like, what if it's like a – it's an actually big game? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be like off some like, oh, we don't – we don't oh, – we're not thinking about Sunday. Sunday's yeah. going to clear my head <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no. Listen, let me say this: if Especially there's the three, how you see that star somewhere, I'm gonna tell you that's yep. the thing that's gonna buy. Like you're gonna get down there, you're gonna be driving from getting the, in the Uber, coming going to the, the hotel. She probably everywhere, and you're gonna see. It's not even as ever. You're gonna see a big ass billboard. I'm gonna be so high, dog. <laughs> or when you're in the hotel, if somebody. Makes a joke. 
Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's you what know, bother you. Go ahead. Uh-huh. You're going to walk into a hotel and be like, oh, you're down here for, what are you down here for? I'm down, oh, I'm down, I'm a Commander's fan. They you know, what's your name again? Are you the skins? <laughs> Commanders? I'm like, motherfucker, you better shut the fuck up. <laughs> They're going to say some slick ass shit to you. You're not in, you're not, like, when you went to those other games, you weren't the enemy in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. They just might make yeah. a joke about the team. Be like, oh, it's great that you came out here to see your team. Down there, right. they make a joke about the team. But going to Dallas, like Cliff said, with the rivalry and everything, and mm-hmm. the transition our team has made, like you know, they're gonna be they go they can't wait for our team and the fans to come down there just to pop off. You know, Cowboy fans, especially right. with that shit out here every day. Especially if we're having a good season. Yeah. Because what's that? What week five or week four? Is four. Week four. four, Cliff. Yeah. Right week after the one. Three and zero. Like like. Yeah. Nah, it's you're not. <laughs> Obviously, it's Dallas. You got there's certain things we're gonna have to go do in Dallas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certain wings establishments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> might have to hit a steakhouse or two. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sunday, dog, you're gonna want to smack these niggas, Paul. Oh no. Yeah, no, trust me. If let's pretend, I'm not even gonna say three notes. I don't even want to put that in the universe. But if they're two and one, like a good looking two and one going to Dallas. It's gonna be a much more of a business trip than any other road trip we've been on. Like I'm gonna be focused from the second we get there. And you know when you Absolutely. check in the hotel, you turn on the TV, they had the welcome channel. Like you just know it's gonna be Jerry Jones on there. Like welcome, <laughs> yeah, bro. I like, get this nigga off my TV. <laughs> we came here to smack I see one more motherfucking star around here. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that shit gonna be fun though, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, folks, if y'all haven't picked a road trip to go on this year, man, please go to Dallas. Like, we're going. We're super excited. This is my first time in Dallas. I've never been to a road game. I've never, I never went to Jerry World, never went to the old Texas Stadium. Like, I'm very excited to be there. Corey, I know you you went to uh, the old Texas Stadium way back when, but mm-hmm. you haven't been to Jerry World yet, have you? Nope. Went to old Texas Stadium as a young whippersnapper. They whooped our ass. And all I remember is them trying to throw beer from the second level, and my grandmother dragged me out there by my neck. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm one. I'm yeah. one of in Jerry World. Yeah, Cliff been to Jerry World. Well, bro. Yeah. Jerry. You guys are gonna be very ashamed of the place that our team plays football at after you go to Jerry. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, mm. man. I'm sure everything there is uh, clean and. Uh, they're on the cutting edge of technology, and you know it's it's a fun place to be. The the tailgate situation is probably dope too. Like I'm sure it's, I'm gonna look at this joint and be like, Dan, you motherfuckers need to step your game up. Like this now, joint. Time, when I was there, the tailgate situation was a mess. Really? It might be different now, but it was a mess. I know they had. Um, I know there's always gonna be like. I mean, now it's the Commanders. There'll be some sort of section where a bunch of Commanders fans are at. That's how it was for that Monday night game, but. The play, like, I don't know how bit much built up it was, it is now that when I was there, but it kind of reminded me location-wise of uh, FedEx. Mm. Just like in the middle, you're not near anything. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. Well, the, mm. your world's kind of like, it's not in the heart of, of Dallas. It's like out the side of the city a little bit, right? Oh, it's, yeah. in Arlington. it's in Arlington, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah I mean... From what I hear, it's not that far from Dallas, though. It's only like 20 or so minutes down the road. But 
obviously the stadium is going to be beautiful. I mean, you haven't heard anything but positive things about that stadium. I mean, the only thing I've heard about the stadium is it's almost too big, like 110,000 seats, you know, for big games. That's like, that's the anti of where the league is kind of going. Like, it mm-hmm. was you want about Dan, these plans for a new stadium, but I think 55, 60,000 is the sweet spot for where you should be trying to, to trying to build oh, your God, No, maybe if you're building a stadium in Jacksonville, if you're trying, <laughs> if you're trying to host major sporting events, they host yeah. everything at Cowboy Stadium. Well, yeah, but I, that's not how big I think, it is. I think, you, I think you give up on trying to have the final four when you agree to 60,000 seats. But at the same time, I think that Dan realizes that the product on TV is much better than it's ever been. And that there are no guarantees that you're going to win all these fans back and you're going to have a packed house every Sunday. You know, is it, you, would you rather have eight Sundays of packed stadiums and no Final Fours? Or you have, you know, a Final Four once in a while and eight Sundays that don't look like ass on TV because nobody's there. I'm going to tell you this. You put they that host. shit in Dumfries, you, you forget about the Final Four anyway. You put it down at Dumfries. They yeah. host everything. Like, not just the Final Four. They host Canelo fights. They host everything there. Yeah. Right? Like, they, everything. They host, um, uh, what, what's, the, what's the big wrestling event? WrestleMania. They just hosted WrestleMania now in that joint. Yeah, that's what you get the host when you have a hundred thousand seats. The other, the other thing is you're gonna see a lot of Commanders fans in that game. There's a lot of fans of the other team at the Cowboys games, which is whatever. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what to me that makes for a better crowd of games, personally. Yeah, definitely. You're right about that. You're definitely right about that. <laughs>